High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, social outcasts, class clowns, foreign kids, and you floaters out there. Oh, and an extra special shout out to you world travelers. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my house this evening, but first, your freshman year is still in session. Let's chat about your homework. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. First of all, did you listen to all three episodes of our Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift crossover? If you're late to the race, shame on you. But I'll fill you in. I'll do you that favor. Last week, two other podcasts on our podcast network, Too Fast, Too Forever, the Fast and Furious podcast, hosted by Joey Lewandowski and Joe Two, as well as Third Time's a Charm, hosted by the immortal Mike Manzi. Well, we all did the film Tokyo Drift, and yes, Tokyo Drift is a high school film. And if you didn't know that, clearly didn't do your homework. So we all did it on the same week. We all were guests on each other's show. And it's awesome because all three shows work together in a nice crossover blend. They also work separately. But you know what? I want you to listen to all three. And they're super easy to find. You could find Too Fast, Too Forever and Third Time's a Charm. By the way, Tokyo Drift, the third of the Fast and Furious series. That's why it works there. And I shouldn't have to explain to you why Tokyo Drift is a Fast and Furious film. Again, shame on you. But you can check out their episodes as well as our episode here on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Or, of course, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Really easy. Just type in Too Fast, Too Forever, or Third Time's a Charm, and you should find it right there. Or, of course, if you didn't listen to this show, which, when are you guys going to get your act together? But if you didn't listen, High School Slumber Party. Your other homework, of course, was to watch this week's movie, because, guys, we need to talk about Kevin. And if you saw We Need to Talk About Kevin, well, I apologize. And if you didn't see We Need to Talk About Kevin, I also apologize, because it was an awesome film. But, you know, it's one that lingers on you. And to help to help process the complexities of We Need to Talk About Kevin, I have one of my favorite guests returning, Alexandra Schroeder. So excited to chat with Alex, so excited to talk about Kevin, you know? I mean, it's a perfect title because this is a movie you just want to talk about with somebody. Ooh, that's the sweetest sound in the world, isn't it? The sound of that final bell on Friday. Class is over. It's time to pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, 
because we're about to get our party on. I leave you with a song that they played a bunch in the movie. It's on the soundtrack. It's called Ham and Eggs by Lonnie Donegan. Class dismissed. so funny when I'm going to have somebody on. I'll think of things to ask them just that I would normally ask. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, let me just save it for the podcast. You never know. I'm sure you saw the Zac Efron Ted Bundy teaser. Have you seen it yet? I mean, I've been actively looking for something for so long. Yeah, if it just it's came a... out like a day ago. Oh. Yeah, you should check it out. Uh, really? (laughs) I mean, am I going to cry? Probably. I'm, uh, right now, I am finishing up A Stranger Beside Me. Oh. You know, in research for it. And I'm just, I'm floored. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't know how little I knew about Ted Bundy until I started reading that. And I went, wow, I was, I've been so ignorant. A lot of stuff's coming out, so. Um, I think, honestly, I think there's a conspiracy going on because, Zach Efron has, or maybe it's on Hulu, he has like this workout thing on Netflix or Hulu, and then this Ted Bundy thing comes out, and he's doing the huh. Ted Bundy movie, so I think it's kind of, <laughs> I, I think it's it. kind of timed. I'm not going to say anything now, but there have been some impressions people have, so Uh-oh. watch it. We might take a pause, guys, listening, just to not waste the time, but watch this trailer, and we'll talk about well, it after. Yeah, how about I, how about I watch it after? No, no, watch it now. Watch it well, now. okay, because like it's one X right now. My phone is at one I'll, X for I'll some reason. Okay, Fine. okay. Well, we'll watch it on this computer. So pause, guys. Clearasil gives you great looking skin, even close up. Inside, it kills bacteria to dry the pimple. Clearasil's ace, face to face. Outside, it soaks up all the excess oil. Clearasil for skin that looks great, even close up. All right, we're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess first reactions from that. Uh... From the teaser. Yes. Um, I don't like the music. Number one, it seems almost like jovial. Well, yeah. So that was the big criticism people are having. They're like, "This movie seems fun." You know? Yeah, no, it seems like a. <laughs> oh, I love him. Did he really do it? Oh, let's find out. Yeah. That silly Ted. So that's been the big criticism so far. Right, <laughs> and that one scene that they showed him <clears throat> on his first escape. When he was jumping out the window, he had sprained his ankle, so there was no way he could run. Okay. Ah, okay. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> right. look, there are positives. I mean, it knows? looks cool, but 
I mean, he looks just like him, which yeah. is incredible. And one of the criticisms, oh, he's too handsome. But, like, isn't that Ted Bundy's no, reputation? No, Ted yeah. was very handsome. He was very handsome, I, I hate to say. but <laughs> Well, I mean, that was his whole thing, was that there are a lot of people who were just thinking, like, yeah, there's no way he could have done this. Yeah, because, you know. Because he's so good looking. There's a stereotype. I was going to say stereotypical stereotype, but of, right. of uh, serial killers being just like creepy looking people. They're supposed to look like monsters. Yeah. And then yeah. But this is <laughs> well, like that's Mr. GQ over here. Interesting. And of course, the voice you're hearing is Alexandra Schroeder. Hi. We've had her on before. Twice mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, first for My Friend Dahmer. And the second one was Summer of 84. Yes. And thank you for coming on. Um, oh, yeah. I, I guess you're like our kind of like our murder expert. Yeah, just light and fluffy <laughs> stuff. Here I am again. So excited. You know, I wanted to ask you if you'd seen it, but I mm-hmm. uh, figured to uh, ask you in person. But that's not a high school film and not a film we're going to be talking about today. No. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, we do need to talk about Kevin. Woo. Heavy. Yes, this one This one is very much like how I treat Requiem for a Dream. I can only see it once every few years because I feel like in such like a gray, depressing fog afterwards, oh, like days yeah. after. Oh, absolutely. And the first time I saw this movie, mm-hmm. I really didn't give it the watch it deserved. Like it was just on some channel and I was watching it and I wasn't really, you know fully engaged so this mm-hmm. is my first like fully engaged start to finish watch it's not like a sitcom where you could just dip in from time to time and just oh what's happening and here? just yeah. pick up yeah <laughs> like, what's going on with kevin today oh my gosh this so it, this was one of the movies you had suggested that you know if you ever got the chance you'd like to come on for mm-hmm. why did you pick we need to talk about kevin well for one thing it you know is up my alley in in the way of crime you know with the school shooting aspect but it's just a dark film and it made me feel so many emotions the main one being anger and absolute hatred even for this uh, the toddler is the one that made me the most angry out of out of out of the you know the kevin when he's a toddler and then uh the the kevin when he's a teenager when he actually does the crime the toddler is the one that really freaks me out. Oh, oh, absolutely. And this is this is a movie that I think most people are going to watch and get a reaction. I don't think it's something, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, you've been on before, Alex. So how we introduce ourselves here, we say our name, mm-hmm. high school, graduating class, and team name. Oh, God. I have to do this all over again. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Alex Schroeder. I went to school in San Marcos, Texas. San Marcos High School, home of the Rattlers. Rattlers. Yeah, go Rattlers. <laughs> and I graduated in 06, I believe. I'm very bad with dates. And <laughs> again, I was hear, very yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear all about Alex's high school experience, listen to the My Friend Dahmer episode. And, you know, we'll take it from there. I, I was just so eager to dive into this film that I almost forgot about that introduction part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I've already been on there. They've already, they already yeah, know me. They know you. And if you don't, do your homework. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this film, I don't know if it's a film that a lot of people really have known and seen. I don't think so. It doesn't seem like that. I, I just by chance caught it. And, and when you suggested it, I knew what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this was my first, woof. Intense watch. Mm-hmm. And every um, week, I read the back of the DVD cover, back of the VHS cover, whatever it happens to be. This is, what year is it? So this film is 2011. Oh. Very clearly DVD Blu-ray era. Mm-hmm. So let's get this out of the way. Back of the Blu-ray. And I 
pre-read this. I don't agree with everything here, so we'll, we'll talk. Mm. A suspenseful and gripping psychological thriller, Lynn Ramsey's We Need to Talk About Kevin explores the fractious relationship between a mother and her evil son. In a bracing tour de force performance, Academy Award winner Tilda Swinton plays Eva, a mother contending with the increasing malevolence. Oh, I hate that word. Malevolence, yeah. <laughs> I hate that word so much, I know. <laughs> the increasing malevolence of her baby boy turned teenager, Kevin. Academy Award nominee, John C. Riley is... In, sorry, I'm reading really small font, as No, you I understand. <laughs> totally get it. ...is eternally optimistic husband and father, blind to the devastating dynamic around him. And I found a really amazing word, actually, to better describe his behavior throughout this whole movie uh, when it comes to, mm-hmm. to Kevin. It's the term polyanonish. Polyanonish, not polyamorous. No, not polyamorous. Polyanonish. <laughs> and anonish. And it means pleasantly and even unrealistically optimistic. Oh, the dad, yeah. The dad. Oh, absolutely. Because he was naive as shit. I even found myself getting angry at him. Yeah. But... I mean, and the word I didn't like here is evil, though I felt that at times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think... If I knew nothing about this movie, mm-hmm. evil's going to bring me more to, like, campy horror film, and that's not what this is. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, the way that they presented it um, for the description, it's, yeah, a little bit more like he's possessed. Yeah, possessed. Or, or like, there's this one movie, and I can never remember the title. Yeah, like a demon. Or There's one movie, I can never remember the title. Like, they adopt a child, and, and I think we've talked about it, actually. Maybe. It ends up being, like... That it's not a child, but like it's like an old Russian lady or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh my God, the movie is so scary. Yeah, it's um, a very because, scary movie. Because like she's yeah. a little girl, but then when it's like, oh, she's actually thirty-two, yeah. and it's like, shit, she kind of does look like she's thirty-two, actually. Yeah. What is I forgot that, the movie? Name of that movie? Guys, that is such have, a good movie. You'll have to help us out. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very different tone than what this is. You it's know? Extremely like... different. Very, so very I, different. I think the back here to me made it feel more like that kind of movie than mm-hmm. what it is. Like this is. Something you we're gonna talk about. Not that you can't. We can't talk about that film, but that's different tones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We can't even remember the name. That one movie. No, I need to look it up now. It's gonna bother me the entire time. Just do it. Film where yeah, uh, adopted daughter is actually actually an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Because hasn't that happened before? Orphan. It's called Orphan. Orphan. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because look at that. Like. She definitely looks my age. No, no, exactly. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, okay. Someone anyway, can talk orphan. about Orphan on the Orphan podcast. Okay, you know what? I'm going to watch like that. that tonight, maybe. <laughs> I'll probably still text you and ask you what it was. No, but we need to talk about Kevin. Yes, we need to talk I'm gonna about I'm going to make Kevin. that joke a lot today, I'm sure. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> not a very jokey film, so. No, me liven it up. Uh, and it's based on a book called We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel Shriver. Mm-hmm. And I never read the book. Have you read the book? No. Okay. The main difference, what's said between the book and the film, is that the book is 100% written from Eva's point of view. Yes. In terms of, and we're not supposed to, we're not sure if we have, we can believe everything she's saying. Because there are in letters to her husband, yeah, apparently. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So it's, in a, a point of view letter to a husband, you might not be 100% factual and correct. I don't think it could come across that way in film, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think this director did a pretty awesome job, um, and we'll definitely get into her, her Lynn Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I have never seen any of her other films. Uh, have you? 
Uh, no, I haven't. But I definitely I, want to now. Well, yeah, especially um, there. There's one that came out really, really recently. I think it was last year. It was you were never really here. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that down too. With Walking Phoenix, that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I don't know how I missed it because it seems like another one that's right up my alley. Yeah, like she's such an interesting style. It's such a visual style. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's artsy, but not like you know, not like on a, on a different level where you can't understand the film or anything. Right. It, it's it's very beautiful, but jarring. And I don't know, this is it's going to be a kind of a weird film to talk about because mm-hmm. it's not it's not linear. You know. No. It's not a hunky dory. And it's hard to pin the story. words. Yeah, absolutely. Almost. So full disclosure, I'm recording a couple podcasts this weekend. Oh, and every single thing, no, I love it, but every single thing has been like a different kind of thing to watch. Uh-huh. I watched a film for Friends Podcast, Kyle, Foodie Films, shout out, My Dinner with Andre. And that is just two people talking the entire time at a table, right? Okay. So it's so different than this because that movie... If you closed your eyes and picture what they're talking about, that's kind of what it's about. You don't have to be watching constantly Mm. because it's just a conversation. This film, if you were to close your eyes or be folding your laundry or or doing something else, you'd miss it because most of it is just visual. Mm -hmm. The script dialogue-wise must, you know, be like 20 pages or something. Oh, yeah. Seriously. There's so much just uh, movement and looks, you know, especially when Kevin is a younger child because he never really spoke, uh, the little boy. No, did. and the, so the first half of this movie is so light on dialogue. The other podcast I'm recording this week is for our Hanks for the Memory show, which is the Tom Hanks show, oh. and bo- Bosom Buddies, you can see right here, which is Tom oh. Hanks, you know, foray into early sitcoms. Where oh, they're, LOL, they're dressed like women. Yeah, exactly. Uh, comedy. <laughs> Very different than this film. So oh, extremely. <laughs> I feel like I had three different watches this weekend. Wow. <laughs> so. Did you kind of sandwich Kevin in between? <laughs> To make it like, I t- after Kevin, you had to see Bosom Buddies. <laughs> so I have been watching the Bosom Buddies after Kevin, and it's kind of brought me, not back to reality, because Bosom Buddies is not reality, <laughs> but it's, I guess, taken me a little bit away from reality, but to a place I need to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like comfort. And that's the point of a sitcom, comfort food. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but uh, back to Kevin. Let, mm-hmm. Let's get the business out of the way so we can do our deep dive. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, mentioned the director already. Mm-hmm. Some background notes. It was shot in 30 days. I didn't know that. Yeah, which is uh, impressive. Wow. Yeah. But it took many, many, many years to make. The director signed on early but they just could not get the funding. They had to rewrite it a couple times. Which I don't think it looked like it was a cheaply made film, which I don't think it suffered from that. They no. had to rewrite it a couple times to get the, the funding that they needed. But I think she first was signed on to it in like 2005, 2006. Oh, and wow. she didn't end up obviously directing it to 2010, 2011. And it was famous in Britain. It's a British film, despite being you know shot in America and American subject matter. And it was famous there because it was on one of those like end of year lists of like, best scripts that haven't been filmed yet Mm. so glad we got to see it now generally it opened to very positive reviews it wasn't like oscar nominated or anything like that but bafta and all these like other close you know seconds to oscar awards yeah uh and i always mention the rotten tomato score 78 percent by the audience 76 percent by the critics which i think is a very 
good score for mm-hmm. a film that's like this, a film that's not like that's Mamma not Mia happy. 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really really tough subject matter and it's done in a way that definitely highlights that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to mention too the um, soundtrack. Now there's a lot of music in the soundtrack, but the score is done by Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead who does a lot of P.T. Anderson scores. We talked about him on Hoffman. I actually saw him perform with his orchestra while watching There Will Be Blood, the P.T. Anderson film. He's great. I love his scores. That's awesome. You know, I just wanted to shout out Johnny Greenwood. And not a big, a lot of actors, but I would assume most of them are like extras, not a big like talking cast because not a lot of people uh, Mm -hmm. talk here. I mean, our lead is Tilda Swinton, who is just, I don't know, it's really hard to describe her, (laughs) you know? She's such a unique person in our era. Yes, unique person, <laughs> unique unique looking. Her acting though, her acting though is so incredible. Oh my god. In this, like you you absolutely feel for her and then at times kind of fear her as well and what she is going to do in absolutely. reaction. Absolutely. Um, you know, which in one scene she does react. Uh, that I guess we can yeah, we'll get to. But yeah, she's definitely a very unique person. Oof. Oh my God. Un- and a unique choice, say, for this character. How so? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I could understand her being like an adventurer and being very, very independent mm-hmm. and then kind of being roped into motherhood. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess it was interesting to use her and not someone who was more like, I guess, softer featured mm. for you to feel more empathy towards her. No, I, I, it could, could have I gone definitely see way. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I definitely see what you're saying there. And, you know, she's Academy Award winner. Yeah. Um, she just likes to do things differently. And I really, really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You could tell she really got into this character. Oh, yeah. Oof. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who else? Oh, John C. Riley is in this film. Not one of his comedy performances. But still, like, you can see him being like a fluffy, caring, Pollyanna-ish Pollyanna-ish, yes. Sort of guy. <laughs> That's our secret word. Right. Secret word. <laughs> ah! Um, so I thought that casting was actually pretty impeccable. Yeah, no, perfect for me. Because mm-hmm. he's a very good actor. Even in his drama stuff, he's a very good actor. Oh, yeah. But he's just so cuddly of a person. Lovable. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, a, what an awesome dad. What an awesome so dad. That's why it was perfect. So he's, like, a lot of comedy people, no offense, but don't have the reputation as actors. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe they would be shied away from. Like, I, like okay, if Will Ferrell, often his comedy partner, played this dad, I'm not taking this movie seriously. I wouldn't, I would see, I would see Will Ferrell as being, like, too energetic, whereas, Very, whereas John yeah. C. Riley is more, point. like, lumbering without mm-hmm. that sounding negative. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. John C. Riley's able to contain his enthusiasm, where we can see it in his acting and his lines, and he doesn't have to be, like you said, jumping around. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And Ezra Miller plays the teenage Kevin. What a great I love this actor. He's so good in like everything he does. I and I was trying to I was trying to think of other things that he's done where he's kind of played similar stuff like this because he just has a face. Oh, he has a bitch face. <laughs> no, literally, like every time I look at his face I'm just like what? Like what are <laughs> yeah, you no, going to say? What are you going to say? Like he plays the perfect um, you know, Kevin didn't have all these what I thought he actually had some pathological problems. He played the perfect, like, pissed-off teenager. Oh, yeah. No, so. for sure. And he's, like, 
he's made a career on this. He was in like an indie film called City Island. This other film I never saw called Be- Beware the Gonzo. And if hmm. oh, another Happy Day. That's another film he did in 2011. That is like he also plays not this, not like a a killer, yeah. but he, a troubled teen, if you will. Maybe that's and, what I'm thinking. And he was the star of the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Like Mm-mm. he. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's freaking like good Everywhere. at this, and I don't know. He, I hadn't, haven't seen really any of the Justice League movies, but apparently he's going to be the Flash, or he is the Flash. I don't know. <laughs> that's going to be a weird jump. I feel. Yeah, that's. that's... I'm going to have to see it. <laughs> I'm going to have to see Kevin again, and then immediately go watch it and just go, nah. He's also in the new Harry Potter series, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, okay. So I mean, he's certainly made a career of himself, and you know what? He's a good actor. He deserves it. He really is. And then the other people. I guess with lines are uh, the sister Celia. She's played by a, a young actress named Ashley Giromovich. There's, oh, her boss, Wanda. Blake oh, I love that lady. <laughs> Siobhan. Sugar water. Yeah. She's from Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. Like Edgar. Uh, is she? Edgar oh, wanted wow. sugar water. Anyway, I come to and he's gone. Did he say anything? Yes. He asked me for some water. Some uh, sugar water. Sugar water. Yeah, if I remember that right. Because I thought that that was odd. They'd ask me for sugar water or not. Lemonade or ice water or regular water or tap water. All right, Beatrice. There was no alien. Flash of light you saw in the sky was not a UFO. Swamp gas from a weather balloon was trapped in a thermal pocket and refracted the light from Venus. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I know her from. (laughs) I'm sorry. And you have, no, that's probably the only thing I know her from. <laughs> then you have Alex Manet played that skeevy coworker, Colin. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that sad? But, but you mentioned something, and I was going to mm-hmm. skip it over, and I shouldn't. Both kids, and especially the toddler. Yeah. I, mean, I, I shouldn't really name? say the infant was good, but like both kids should get their due. Yes. All three should get their due, because this is like a movie in thirds when it talks about the kevin thing now a uh, rock doer is rock the doer name is of the, the kevin uh, yes little, yeah. little jasper kevin. newell is the young kevin it's funny because they all look wait like, what there's like three there's three kevins because there's an infant kevin like the baby kevin. oh come on yeah. yeah but we're not really counting that <laughs> well, one that's I not a real human being I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i wanted to give the baby credit okay, okay. But yeah, no, because I wasn't sure. I was like you. I wasn't sure which one was that Kevin, but I see it clearly. Jasper Newell is the toddler Kevin. Oh, evil, okay, so evil, Rock, quote, quote, Rock toddler. is the baby yeah, Rock one. Is, Rocky is the baby. Oh God, it, it would be a, like a twenty, uh, twenty thousand year, you know, name for a baby, millennial babies. Millennial yeah. baby Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Um, and two um, quick things I want to mention before we uh, jump into like scenes and just talk about. Mm-hmm what we think was wrong with Kevin and such. Ezra Miller had a great Vanity Fair article. I suggest you check it out where he talked. It was like an interview. Mm-hmm. And he said he like had nightmares every day filming this movie because he, he got so into the character. that it Really? Was just, and he said like some of his best friends wouldn't like talk to him because of like the person he was becoming. That freaks me out. You know? Oh that my God. Just be, uh, I can, I can totally imagine him being just very like cold. Yeah. You know, and already like imagine hanging out with him, period. <laughs> like, Hey dude, you want to go get some like fro yo? I guess. You know what's <laughs> so funny? That like, it just I, doesn't look like he'd be happy ever. No, but all right. So saw you the other day. I mentioned this to you or, or your roommate mm. that Tilda Swinton is in, that Amy Schumer movie Trainwreck, which is like... Did anyone see that? 
<laughs> I think that one did well. I think the next one did well. But regardless, uh, I don't know. I saw it. It's like a, a rom com, very silly, but it's really, really funny because Tilda Swinton plays just like a straight up, like her boss. Yeah. Like it's just like a regular person. <laughs> said, That's awesome. That sounds terrible, but like it's uh, it was a transformation for her. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked it up because I wanted to confirm it. And it's like, you know, she had to wear a wig, like, just to be... If you watched the movie and did not know her, you would just think it was just some lady actress playing her really? boss. Really? <laughs> because she does have a very specific look. She's always, like, rocked the short hair or something yeah, of a I'll bob. Yeah, I'll show you a picture now. Tell this one. Train wreck. But she has such a recognizable face. I, How I was could really you, surprised. like, honestly? <laughs> First time I saw it, I didn't even her. know it was her. This is her as her boss. Oh, no fucking way. <laughs> what? What? And you could tell, like, this oh. with the wig on. And you could tell she took the role, like, ooh, oh. what an interesting performance. So just to play a riff. She looks <laughs> like my mom's friends. Like, what? So, yeah, okay, it's never mind. I'm going to be in a rom com. Like, and it's, it hasn't, you know, whatever. It doesn't, like, it's not a big deal. But it's, but I mention it because Ezra Miller is also in that film, just playing, like, an intern. And I'm like, what a weird turn what? for like, the both of them like to be in this movie. That is, that the, is the opposite of we need to talk about Co- Kevin. Right. <laughs> Which, you know what? I um, We were mentioning earlier that there's like not a lot of dialogue in this. Isn't it ironic that it's called We Need to Talk About Kevin? Yeah. And they never actually, really yeah. talk about Kevin. That's a really good well, point. Well, they kind of do, but not really. <laughs> it's almost like we need to talk about yeah, Kevin. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Kevin. Oh, my God. He's just like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an intern. <laughs> Ew. See, he does look the same. He looks like an asshole. He still does. Look at them at the premiere. Oh, that's adorable. Sorry, guys. I know this is an audio podcast and we're being Yeah, I know. I know. We're just like, look at pictures. It's picture number 10 on Google images. Um, Yeah, he looks great there. Never mind. He looks wonderful. He's cutie. I'll post the photo, guys, on our Twitter and. Yeah, such. do like a side by side. So, so you can you know uh, see it. what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Sorry, I just remembered that and I had to mention that. All right, let's. I mean, let's get yeah. into it. Let's talk about Kevin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you want to do this. It's really hard to go linear. Well, because it is. It is jumping around <laughs> jumping so much. Around, yeah, it goes from. Uh, well, I know that you know. It definitely starts with her. The aftermath of the incident. Yeah, but doesn't it start though with that scene with like the tomatoes? Or is that... Yeah, they don't they like throw tomatoes at her, and that's after the incident. No, oh, no, 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 it's the painting of the house. They throw uh, paints at her house. I can't even remember the order of this film, but there are so it's many jarred. blood, like obvious blood images in this. But there's that one, it's one of the first scenes where she's like on one of her traveling things. Oh, oh, she's oh, in Spain, oh, oh. And she's at that famous festival, I think it's outside Valencia. I forgot about that. Where they're that. like crushing these tomatoes. But you see it like from afar, uh-huh. and it just looks like a bloody massacre. Yes. The first time you see it, like, oh my god, but it ends up being like this Well, the first time I thing. saw it, I was like, oh shit, okay, we're starting this like, right now. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, but then I was really confused, because yeah, it, it kind of, I guess that it sets up like what her life was like yeah. all before this. And we're you definitely know, supposed that... to think of blood, though. Cause... Yeah, oh, yeah. And, nope. and like massive bodies. Yeah. And then them like carrying her, which is also very interesting, like... Uh, you oh, know, absolutely. Sort of thought. It's an interesting sort of thought. Oh yeah. You know, just like these people covered in red carrying her, and she's. It's, and this yeah. again, this is such a visual movie. Mm-hmm. It quickly goes to what you're saying, like the aftermath scene. And the word I thought about most with this film, uh-huh. what it does visually and language-wise, it's non-linear, but it still builds anticipation. If that, we know what happened from the beginning. Yeah. We know it's an issue, and you're just kind of like waiting for the heck how did this happen or let me see 
more snippets yeah. as to yeah how yeah, did this like, happen? Yeah, we're, like we're getting little clues of like one, how did Kevin turn into this? Or it seemed like he kind of always was like this. It, it seemed like he was <laughs> born like this. Yeah, you know, like literally. I mean, so, like, this is a hard movie, like I said, structure-wise to talk about. We could talk about it linearly, even though it's not a linear thing. Though we do learn quickly that there's some kind of school massacre committed. Yes. And we see her house gets, like, the paint thrown on. Later in the film, we see just literally a woman on the street punches her at some point. Yeah. And Uh, you also notice very uh, quickly on that her family isn't with her during these times. And you're just like, why? And they're kind of teasing throughout the film that it's like because of divorce, you know? Oh, yeah. That's what I thought the first time. I was like, oh, they left after this, I guess. Or, yeah, nobody could handle it. It's too much for the family. And one of the questions I had was if she's getting so mocked in this town. I shouldn't say mocked, but just like, you know, people hate her. Abused. (laughs) Abused, She's getting abused. Why is she still living in this place? And I think it's, like, answered pretty quickly when I, when mm. I thought about it. It's, like, Kevin's probably in jail close to there, right? Yeah. So, like, she doesn't want to abandon him. Though I think a lot of people might. Well, know? that's that's the insane thing, too, um, is that, you know, this whole time, all throughout the film, you're seeing all these troubles that they're having together. They're not bonding at all. He is going out of his way to make her life a living hell. But she still cannot detach from him motherly. Yeah, and, and it's interesting to think about how or why, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, it builds to... This is a high school film because it's... Kevin's incident happens yeah. in high school, which is a very real thing, unfortunately, in America. And I think that's also why it hits home. There's school massacres almost every... I don't want to say every day, but they happen every few months. Yeah, ev- at least you hear often, about it way too often, and we always ask ourselves when it happens, who did it? Like, who is the person who did it? Not like a, I can't find the person. It's like once we see that picture on the news, you're like, like who is wh- this? Give me snippets of his life, and that's what this movie does. And I should say this is not based on a true story. No, but it seems. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems pretty well researched in terms of like. Well, I mean, in my research on uh, just, like, real school shootings and real shooters and everything, well, Kevin's very similar to uh, Brenda Ann Spencer, who was the first female school shooter Mm. and the second one, I guess, recorded in U.S. history is 79. She shot up uh, an elementary school that was right across the street from her. But she used uh, a rifle that she had gotten for Christmas Uh. as a gift and was an excellent marksman, just like Kevin was with his bow and arrow and what he used in his I thought that was an interesting choice, the the bow and arrow, because we usually hear school shootings with guns. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure why it was chosen, but I mean... You have enough arrows; it could still do a lot of damage. It's certainly a visual thing at the end, where you see the kids with the the arrows, and I'm like, oh my oh, god! Oh, when yeah, watching them wheel them out, oh, it, it was so intense. Like, you're not even gonna like cut it, so it's not as like. Well, yeah. I guess for the film, this is not reality, so of course they're gonna leave it in. Um, no, for shock no, value, I get but... this is such a visual film. Yeah, I also think that as weird as it sounds, I was happy with the choice of a bow and arrow because. It's romantic in a way. Uh, how horrible that sounds. Yeah, no, no, no. It's certainly... Artsy. Like, artsy. <sighs> okay, I, I'm trying to articulate this, and it's going to sound weird. I'm trying not to get political with this, but... Of course. There's obviously, in this country, a big debate about, like, gun control, right? Mm-hmm. 
having a bow and arrow kind of eliminates that debate from the film so that we could focus more on Kevin and rather than like, well, if guns weren't legal, this, you know, this wouldn't happen. And and look, I I believe in gun control. I'm not saying we should all have guns. Not at all. I like that it, because that could be distracting, you know? Right. Also, dad buys the kid a gun. You're going to be like, idiot, you know? Right. (laughs) Bow and arrow, like, I was thinking, like, what if this was my son? I don't think you can watch this movie and not think, like, if I had a son like this, what would I do? Right. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't think of a bow and arrow being, like, a choice for a mass murder. I wouldn't think, like, I don't know, I almost don't see it as a weapon because it's so old school. Well, (laughs) it's old school, but it also seems like it takes a lot to reload, number one. Yeah, it's not an automatic weapon. And not only that, when some kid's walking around with a bow on his back, kids are going to point and look at him. Yeah, and we'll talk about more of the ending later, but Mm -hmm. I think that they made it very clear with those, uh, those locks, those bicycle locks. You know, you lock people in somewhere, then the bow and arrow versus assault rifle thing becomes less of a point, you know? Right. Oh, just, just, oof. I know, I know, I know. Brutal. We'll get there, trust. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, off the bat, I know you're someone who likes to do research and look into these things. Mm-hmm. And I read a lot of reviews, and there are there is speculation. Again, this is, Kevin's a made-up person, so we'll never know. But what do you think, I guess, was wrong with Kevin? Well, um, there are a few like certain things that I that I saw the first thing was um that I noticed was that the the infant was always crying not at all being remedied by his mother's comfort and so I thought of is there some sort of um psychological disease where a kid cannot bond to one parent Hmm. or can't bond to anyone and there is one that i found it's called reactive attachment disorder it's pretty much when kids can't bond with their caregiver also kind of like sociopathy where they don't really have much empathy they don't really have a moral conscience yeah i certainly saw the sociopath right yeah i mean manipulative you definitely saw that um they can be you know with the reactive uh, attachment disorder they can be you know aggressive um they can be uh, nervous anxious they can appear to be unhappy all the time which i mean yeah that was definitely talked about and yeah would generally just not respond to any sort of love and i mean you even saw it though with uh, the dad, how it was very um, surface. It was yeah. not like real. You could tell, oh, obviously. No. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. Potentially. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the closest thing to and, what I would have. And you mentioned the crying. There's that like yeah. I call it a great scene. So they live in the city and then they mm-hmm. move to the suburbs. He's a baby in the city and she's just so fed up with him crying that she like will bring him to like next to a jackhammer or next yeah. to all these noise. Like that can't that can't help. Um, there's this kind of debate I feel among people who've seen this movie mm-hmm. about like nature versus nurture. Like, Th- is this her fault? Well, I was reading uh, an article from the Atlantic that was talking all about that. Mm. Like, is this nature versus nurture? This whole film, but it never really explains it. No, and and it, it, you know it leaves the question open. But it, it's hard to say because this, <laughs> he's so the way he is that I don't know how much nurture could have helped there are plenty of reluctant mothers and that's Mm -hmm. you know that's fine that's there you know it's something it's an interesting case right like she's a traveler she's an adventurer that's where she first meets john c riley right she didn't seem like she wanted to be tied down by this lifestyle and you know i want to say it's her choice but that's not the choice that was made in the film right especially again 
John C. Riley, the dad, he kind of like forces them to move to the suburbs in his nice goofy way. Yeah. You know? so like, oh, come on, he's gonna be a kid. And he's run around, <laughs> play around. Good dad. Like, and, and she's, but... even, she's even more isolated there. Yeah. There's that scene where she just so fed up with him as a baby that she kind of like tells him like mommy wishes she was in france yeah know? which i thought was funny it, i laughed at that i, I, la- look, I, I was like too. oh wait a second that was yeah funny. whoops <laughs> i laughed too and i don't want to forgive her for everything she did because certainly there's moments of abuse here yes yeah but i can imagine as human beings we can all have the potential to get that frustrated with certain situations oh absolutely you know, not again this is a tough movie because like i feel like if you fall on one side or the other people might draw conclusions about you as a person you know (laughs) i know i know but the thing is though is that i you know i'm going with that it is nature plus them not understanding what was happening and you know the dad not really looking at it or listening he definitely was just woo like over his head not paying attention to where she was like left alone with him and so Mm. she was bitter i would say and so there was no way to really grasp what was going on with kevin he really frustrated me well kevin obviously but but the dad because if she feels that way his only remedy was just like boys will be boys you know stuff like that yeah yeah and it's like, no, you know, let's... Oh, at one point, he's just therapy, but, like, that's way too late in the game to... Yeah, it's too late <laughs> at that point. Because this kid is, like, showing signs of hardcore, intelligent manipulation. Oh, yeah. At, like, the oh, age yeah. of, like... I don't know, because this kid was in diapers, too, for a very long time, which yeah, is that's also... Yeah, It seems like he vindictively did not potty train himself, no. you well, know? Well, I mean, there's this one scene where he goes in yeah, his diapers... <laughs> Like on purpose, on purpose and then like saves some of it yeah. in his body to then after she's done changing him, he does it again, but uh, is like staring at her doing it. Yeah. And he's little, you know, that's something that's very knowingly going like, I'm doing this to hurt you. And that's a very dark thing oh, for a for a child. Incredibly to, dark. To, to think of. So you ha- again, you have to imagine that it's like a nature thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you and I are both not like medical experts, but no, I'm sure. I wish. <laughs> no. I'm sure you've heard, and as have I, that like the earlier you catch these things, the more you know, better it is to treat. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And the dad's like blindness to it, I think, was a huge reason because every time uh, Tilda Swinton's character would kind of suggest anything wrong with their son, like we said, he would just brush over it or. Yeah. Or, you know, this is what he needs. He just needs to be a kid. Like, oh, Right, I know. <laughs> that was really... really and that would have been frustrating, too. Even then, I I, think, I feel like if I were her, I would have taken him to counseling anyway. Yeah. Oh, And just absolutely. done it. Like, not needed his approval. Like, well, he came out of my body, so I guess I'm going to take the reins on this That's one a, and shove him into some counseling. If you were that scared of your own child... Yeah, the kid is scary because you can only see his progression. I mean, you could see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of the other things of like him as a kid that become, I mean, stuck out to me, we'll say, is Mm -hmm. like when she builds that, what I think is a really (gasps) beautiful map room. Yes. You know, I was like, oh, that's what a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I wish I had the energy, the time. And oh, my God. And he just ruins it. Like, he just. Oh, paint. And it's red paint. Yeah. Those are stupid. What does he call like, like squiggly squares or something? Those squiggly, yes, yeah, something like that. And that's like the whole thing. Like he it seems like he has no 
empathy. And she's even trying to be nice to him, too. Like, she's obviously going like, oh, shit, here comes Kevin. You know, well, this is Mommy's room. Maybe we can make your room yeah. special. And he was like, what do you mean special? Like, yeah. I'm not special. I don't have a personality. Like, hello, sociopath, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, no offense to people who are sociopaths. No, no. You know, because they're, they're not all evil, aggressive people. Yeah, and I, I want to make that clear. And that's yeah. why I don't really like to use the, a term a lot of articles use, psychopath. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't like to use that. That's one. gotten way too much of a bad stigma. I mean, you know. Yes. <laughs> like, cause they're like movies, like Psycho. It's like a movie. Yeah, well, you know? yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think that's fair because you know mental health is like any health problem, and these things just. You can't help it. No, you can't help it, and they they could be diagnosed and treated, and not every person with some of these disorders that have names that have become famous in film that's like the negative power of like film and yeah. art i mean it's hard for me to articulate but i know that because of titles of disorders and the stigma that they carry that people don't seek treatment because they're going to think i'm crazy you know right people will think i'm crazy i should say and th- and that's not right and i don't i don't think this movie does that t- to be fair but a lot of movies in the past have I want to be clear because as we sit here and try to diagnose him, we're not judging in that kind of way. And yeah, we're in no way doctors or anything no, like no. that. So our our own opinions on this are just done through research that we have found. Yeah, that other people have put on. It's yes. all their fault. <laughs> <laughs> I did go on Psychology Today though, so haha. Well, yeah, we're trying Hi. our best. We're trying our we're best. We're not actually diagnosing a real kid. I want to be fair. No, no, no. This is just from the film and. And hello, it's made obvious that this is what they want yeah. us to believe. There we are. And ultimately, yeah. I do like this film because we're asking these questions. And we do, unlike Kevin, eventually, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do end up feeling a big sense of empathy. And I want to know what was wrong with him. Almost to, like, retroactively save the situation. Like, right. how could this not have happened? I think, like, it was, I think it was straight up counseling. Yeah. I think it would have been counseling uh, very closely being monitored on a schedule. Yeah. You know? Almost. I think that would have helped, and that would have helped. I, I think, actually, she should have gotten, like, postpartum counseling with oh, child. And that's something I did child. not want to skip over. Like, mm-hmm. this is her story just as much as it's Kevin's story, if not more. Yeah. And she clearly needed to speak to somebody as well. I mean, after, yes, who mm-hmm. wouldn't? But it's safe to say, and it's an understatement, she wasn't entirely happy with her life. No, she didn't seem really happy at all, to no. be honest with you. Like, I, I, I think that she loved, what was his name, Franklin? Yeah, let's, let's get our names and stop Hello. calling them John C. Riley and... and <laughs> dad. Uh, yeah, the dad, <laughs> which dad. I always do in this podcast. But John C. Riley did play Franklin. Okay. Tilda Swinton is Eva, and obviously Ezra Miller is Kevin. Okay. But yeah, she loved him, but I, but I think it was still exploring that love. It was not at all. I don't think she was ready for any of it. No, no, um, certainly not. And, you know, one of the most impactful scenes is when she does end up pushing him down. Um, oh, Kevin, yes. Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did not. <laughs> you did not. You enjoying yourself? 
after the whole poopy diaper thing. After the poopy diaper thing, like <laughs> <laughs> she because she gets angry and like yeah, I'm, fuck I'm not yeah. advocating abusing kids, but you could see why she would get so frustrated in that situation. You know, that's not I, a normal situation. When I watched that scene, I would have been I was in my head thinking like I want to punch that kid. That's, I want to yeah. punch him. And again, not advocating that, guys. But no, you watch this really movie and you're almost thinking the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Because it was almost a violence against her, too. And that's definitely one of the moments I want to talk about because he goes to the doctor and the doctor comes out like, we need to, you know. We need to talk, yeah. Yeah. And you think he's going to be like, did you abuse him or something like yes. that? Yes. And she's just like, you have a brave son. And he looks at her like, Oh, even then, I wanted to go, help, help us, help. I'd be like, I did abuse him, take him away from me. Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, he needs to go, actually. He does. He needs to go. (laughs) Bye, 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 bye. That's fine. Oh, but then, you know, on the the car ride home or all the stuff after that, like, when when they walk in and the dad is just there, because the dad's caught her a couple times being nasty. Yeah. And you're afraid of, like, what's going to happen. But he always comes in just seeing her do that, not... Like, her reaction. Which I think Kevin knows, you know. Oh, for sure. He plays that so well. Oh, he plays him like a fiddle. And when he just tells that lie, like, about what happened, like, oh, you know, I slipped, mommy saved me, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he's like, oh, don't blame yourself, you know. Jesus. Oh, my God. Like, and then he just, again, the looks he's giving her, like, I'm going to use you. Oh, yeah, just like. The rest of my life. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you thought your life was hell then. (laughs) Just wait. Yeah, because then every time, like, he would touch that little scar, she would know, like, shit, I need to, I need to watch my mouth around I thought it was so interesting, though, that right after that incident, Mm -hmm. that's when he decides, you know, I'm just going to use the bathroom like a regular person. Yeah, which is the weirdest thing. I didn't understand. I I didn't understand if I had like missed something with that. I took um, it as him or what kind of saying that I have purposely not learned to potty train for however amount of time. Like you kind of won this battle, but I'm just gonna get you with the scar thing now. You know? Yeah, maybe that was because that has to be uncomfortable too, and also yeah, like I hanging out in like a poopy diaper. But also, <laughs> <laughs> but also like I, I'm pretty sure like he thought like oh I, I can't keep this up forever because yeah, then how am I gonna go it, outside? He has something else. Yeah, finally I found something else. Maybe the other thing I thought might be the case, but I'm not so sure. Like considering his like profile, but mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was like, kind of happy and respecting her and himself that he got her to go to that level yeah because there was a very short amount of time but directly after that that he started attaching himself to her yeah and it almost seemed like oh maybe me pushing him down kind of knocks something in his mm-hmm. brain right absolutely and there's that like oh, does scene when he's sick yes and then oh it, yeah it's she, when he's sick she's like the caregiver like not that she's she wouldn't be, but you know, she really treats him, and he's like so much attached to her, and he kind of like even trashes the dad. He, when he trashes walks the in. dad straight up, just <laughs> yeah, just like when he comes in. Oh, hey, buddy, how are you feeling? Get out of here! But that kid runs the house. And I have to think though that now that we're talking about it, that it gets tied back to a later scene. Now mm-hmm. spliced throughout, Kevin's in prison at this point. Yes, and Eva regularly visits him and it starts out they have zero conversations eventually they start talking but they have certain moments there and there's moments when he's older where it's very clear first of all they look very alike and i think that's on purpose yeah and there's certain moments where it's clear that i don't know if we're supposed to think it but maybe she he took after her obviously she's not a killer like that 
Right. But he even like blames her at one point, like, oh, who, you know, who did I think I, I modeled myself after? I'm so cold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if he's just trying to get under her skin or what, but I see it in moments like that, like in his most vulnerable moments, which there are not many of them. Mm-hmm. He kind of feels closer to her than goofy dad who's so one-dimensional you know yes yes maybe (laughs) maybe he sees that she has many many layers and is very complex and almost is like okay i know she can be an asshole just like me so we're almost like uh Uh peers we're almost peers i'm sure he yeah and there's a weird level of him respects that yes a weird level of him respects the levels that she can get Mm -hmm. whereas like we said, dumb, dumb daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goofy papa. Like. <laughs> Which again, we're not like dissing John C. Riley's performance. I think he did awesome. No, no, that. no, no. That's exactly what should have been. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what they, uh, this film needed was that character. Are, are there any other, oh, I guess, okay. The other moments of young Kevin, I'd say is like when the Taller sister Kevin. is born. Oh, and he just immediately yeah. starts in on her with the water. Yes. And look, mm-hmm. uh, jealous older brother happens a lot, but <laughs> this guy goes to a different level. Yeah, but this kid kind of got shark eyes, yeah. you know, the minute that he <laughs> saw that toddler and, oh, you know, dipped thing. his hand, uh, he dips his hand in a water glass that's right next to, next to yeah, her, infant, next to her, essentially. And, and starts flicking it at the infant, making it cry. And it's like already, oh, okay, here we Absolutely. go. And he kind of my next victim. this girl's life kind of a hell like a slow hell i mean yes a a lot of things you're pointing at your eye yeah i think that's teenage kevin yeah that's teenage kevin that's what we'll we'll get there but oh the one thing i was gonna say though i liked how they had another kid yeah because to me that showed that it wasn't that she just hated children because she seemed like a the mother yeah yeah the mother uh, tilda swin and eva (laughs) eva seemed like a pretty like okay to great mom I don't yeah. want to rank moms, but, you know, to her daughter. Right, And her right. daughter responded to her well. What you would think normally yes. in, a, in a balanced household, what the dynamic would be between yes. mother and parent, or uh, parent and child. So yeah. I see this movie as a lot of possibly blaming herself, you know? Like for Kevin, but to the audience, that kind of like, for me, takes a little bit of a blame off of her. Yeah. Like they had a normal, they had a normal relationship, the daughter and her. Mm-hmm. And anyone in her position would also blame themselves, I think. Would also think, maybe this boy is this way. Because of something I did. Because of something I did. I'm not entirely maybe happy Maybe I here. passed down something. Yes. Or, yeah. No, definitely. That's the first thing you normally think of because you're the one that was responsible in raising. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Can you imagine? That's why I love this film, too, is that it is from the viewpoint of the shooter's family which is not really spoken about yeah, very much no one ever talks about that i mean on my friend Dahmer, you mentioned how active jeff jeffrey Dahmer's father has been in the post yeah post know, murder era well, no, no, yeah no, i mean after yeah yeah yeah, yeah after yeah um, but it's rare that we really see what happens after these things happen to like the people who raised that person you yeah know, i feel like now with again true crime podcasts and stuff like that that's being explored more but very lightly though okay. it is much more it's always been victim based um not that that's a bad thing of course but no, no, no. still it was even hard for me to find you know stuff on it's interesting parents yeah look i get the greatest nightmare is losing your child to something like this yeah for the victim but if it's if it's second place it's a close second to your child actually being that oh person. i know 
Oh, I know. And it's almost like you carry on that monstrosity. Forever. That they did. Well, obviously that we saw in this film. Yeah. People did that. Uh, Yeah, and I guess this is a good point before we get into Kevin's like teenage years to touch on the uh, modern day Eva. We see her in that, like they live in a mansion for most of the film. Like it's a big home. Oh yeah, no, it's a a really nice Yeah, it's a very beautiful home. It's not like a richy rich, like, you know, mansion with a butler, but it's like No, not with like gold toilets and stuff. But but it's like mad high ceilings, beautiful backyard. And I think this was filmed in Connecticut. Oh, it would be. Woodland. What (laughs) What does the dad do? Do we know? So the only clue about it, I had the same question, the only clue about it is, Either the son or daughter, Kevin or, or the sister, at one point just asks, "Did you take any cool pictures today?" Oh, Kevin asked that. Yeah, Kevin. In a flip, it, it was like a flip moment, like he was talking shit to his mom and went, "Hey, Dad." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. Happens. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. So and, but wait, is he like the richest photographer in the world? <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe that's uh, that would explain how he met Eva. Eva. Oh, that's a good point because because they're adventurers. Yeah, he maybe was like an adventure photographer. Maybe like like shoots for National Geographic yeah. or something. I mean, that those people gotta be riding nice. That does make sense. Yeah, but you know they clearly make a lot of money, and she, she seems to have a job. She's a, she was a writer, a right? And then, but she also like is yeah she she has a book about her travels at least. Yes, one. at least that. So they clearly make good money, but that you know all ends after <laughs> the murders. Whoops. So we see her in this very very small house. We see the paint splattered on it, which a is adorable house, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Throughout the whole movie, there's just the splicing of her taking that red paint off her house neighbors looking at her and there's also the scenes of her basically getting a new job which are i think probably occur like maybe right before that or something or right around it's definitely the the post murder era yeah 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 Yeah, she she ends up working at like a travel agency it's clearly a step down of what she's used to sadly ironic yes so ironic and actually i was reading in um some facts about the movie Mm -hmm. that there's a poster of like that tomato festival in her travel agency really? and she like keeps looking at it because like she was actually there now she's probably advising old ladies like oh, you should go here that. you should go there I don't and, and there's that that one i think his name was cal we mentioned it before like there's the one creepy guy who works there oh yeah the, the people there guy. just look different yeah <laughs> uh, you know that that's just more of like a visual thing to so she show where her what her life has become yeah and no offense to people who work in a travel agency or anything like that, but this one is depicted, like, very... I mean, I've always thought about it, right. but, like, because what are the perks? <laughs> like, do I get discounts, you know? Now, you know, my mother <laughs> was a travel agent for, for many years, but that was, like, the cool era before the internet where people couldn't just do it themselves. Yeah, right. You know? Now they have Expedia. <laughs> Why do you need to go talk to somebody just now? You don't have to talk really, to yeah. anybody anymore. Exactly, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Young people don't really use travel agents, so... No, no. <laughs> I would. So I it kind of killed the, the, the market there. Mm. But there's that one Christmas party eventually, and they're all just like having way too much fun at a travel It's agent. It's almost disgusting, though. And it's depicted, I think, a little over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, cause they, cause they're like rubbing on each other, guys. Like, this is not an office party, no. okay? These were not our office parties. Certainly like, not. <laughs> it, it's it's really gross. Like, they're grinding on each other. Like, the boss is like grinding on two dudes at once. Like, and yeah, she is approached. She's sitting there, and she is approached by the guy who's like, you know, throughout her time, to- uh, throughout the the scenes, the times of when they're showing her at the travel agency, he's like, seem like warming up to her. 
kind of befriending her and everything. He goes up to her to ask her for a dance, and she's like, she goes, oh, no, like, I'm yeah. shy. I'm not a good dancer. She's Tilda Swinton, so she's probably really tall and lanky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I bet she's very graceful at the same time. And he just, like, comes oh, back gross. with the most disgusting response ever. Like, what exactly does he say? Like, no he, one's ever going to... Yeah, essentially something along the lines of no one's ever going to want you anymore. Or who's, like, who's... I'm your best bet. Yeah, yeah. Like, Which is like, ew! Gross. Because I just think of like him for months thinking about that. Like, well, yeah, I can get with her because of what has happened Because she's her. desperate. Yeah. Because of, of the tragedy in her life. Like, fuck that guy. That is so gross. Wish Kevin shot him with an arrow. I know! <laughs> God, why couldn't he just better plan... Oh, never mind. Anyway, I'm going to yeah, <laughs> shut no, my mouth. We're kidding, we're kidding. Um, just, just kidding. Yeah, that's that whole... Uh, Travel agency job looks very depressing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It looks so depressing. So let's get into teenage Kevin. Oh, um, my one of my favorite Kevins. This is, two. it's just like, so troubling because, or do you remember yourself as a teenager? I remember myself as a teenager. Just being a teenager sucks and it's, like, you are kind of a scary person to begin with. Yes. Imagine, like, Kevin as a teenager. Right. Oh. Oh, I know. Like, you know, because when you're a kid, you're going through all these emotions, and you're like, I'm an adult now. Why don't they just let me do what I want? And and why doesn't Timmy like me? You feel so self-righteous. And I don't know if yes, Kevin was feeling that, that way, but he certainly, he certainly seemed very egotistical and, you know... But to the nth degree. Yeah, to, to a degree more than your like, average Like, he definitely sure. had grandeur hard. Whew. I mean, he ran the house, though. That was the thing, though, is that he did grow up kind of yeah. being told, like, yeah, what you say goes. And with literally almost no personality in a sense of, like, when she goes into his room and there's just, like, nothing on the walls. Oh, he yeah. no, like things of his own i wanted to talk about his room how everything was very much in place everything looked so mathematically placed and everything was bare like he he had these uh composition um notebooks and they're empty you know he had this locker with like nothing in it his bed is made like army style tight that alone oh my God. is so, like, there is no personality to no, him. No, no. The only personality I could see in the sky was his t-shirts, which were really fun. Yeah, yeah. No, he had true. some interesting t-shirts. The one, what's the one he's, like... He's, there's, like, a hot dog yeah, one. Yeah, the hot dog one. I'm like, that's a cool shirt. It's a fun shirt. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, well, that's well, what what's going on of. here? Where'd you get that at? But, yeah, that room is very eerie as well. Oh it's definitely God. a dungeon. Like, Oof. imagine all the things that went on in his head where he didn't need anything in his room. That's what I was thinking, is yeah, that, that there's so much really, going on in his a head. That's really, really good point. And, and he also collects these, like, CDs of viruses. Which was also interesting, at least he had a hobby. Yeah. Why couldn't he do computer stuff? Why did he have to do... I mean, maybe he did, but it was clearly just to, like, ruin people's lives. Uh, she, she ends up going into his room, puts a CD in... Her computer, and it not only does it ruin her computer, but it ruins, I think, her office's stuff. Like, you you see kind of st- in the background, like, their computers aren't working. Oh, yeah, but she then asks him to fix it, and she's like, yeah, it's because I was snooping. Which, you know, she's trying to find some way still to connect to oh, teenage yeah. Kevin, which is why... You know, we're, we're talking about his bedroom because she goes in there, finds this disc that says, I love you. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, you. my God, he has a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Or anything. Or, this is something. He's this capable is, of love. He, this is something. Right. Let me um, figure this out. So she puts it in the computer and up pops these, like, 
graphic porn pictures yeah, just porn. and just virus. Yeah. It was almost like he, he was wanting this. He was so excited. <laughs> Absolutely. For her to get this virus. Yeah, yeah. And when he finds out she did it, he's you see he's like happy. Oh, he's so happy about it. <laughs> oh, oh, so yeah, dark. I know, I know. You mentioned connecting, and there's that great uh, scene where she, I guess we could say she puts in an effort to just like get one-on-one time with him. Yeah. They mini-golf, and then they go to dinner. Which is, it's so sad. Yeah. That whole, like, what a, what a letdown that was, too. First, like, okay, she's not putting the best effort into the mini-golf thing, to be fair. Well, I mean, she didn't even check the weather, number one. Yeah. Come on. But then they go home to get changed, and they're supposed to go out to eat to, like, a nice restaurant. And he's just, you see him turn around, he's, like, eating, like... A whole chicken. Yeah, a whole chicken. It's a whole chicken, like a roasted chicken. He's like, I was hungry, you know? And And she was like, well, we're going anyway, which I thought was a cool parent move. I would have done that. Oh, I would have done that, too. Because he was trying to get out of it. I would have done that, And so I would have been like, okay, well, then I guess you can watch me eat. Like, that seems like a normal teenage thing to do if you didn't know all these other things. Maybe not eat the full chicken like that, but just be like, eat a snack in in the... Kitchen, and then be like, like oh, oh, I'm not hungry yeah, anymore. Yeah, I'm not hungry. I don't want to go anymore, you know? And I yeah. probably would do the same thing. Boy, yeah, I totally, would have, I totally would have done that. I've actually tried to do that <laughs> before. I remember one time specifically, we were all going to a restaurant that I did not like because I was a vegan. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there was nothing for me. And everything was too high of calories. And, you know, I tried to say that I had eaten before, which I was just going to eat something from my fridge, but my parents made me go anyway. I bet it was a good restaurant, though. Oh, it was delicious. It was like Friendly's or something amazing. Oh, Oh, no, no, no. I thought it was like a true Texan. Oh, no, no. It had to be like a Friendly's. It was like one of those, like, their clientele is mostly older people. Uh, Old people. Like Golden (laughs) Corral or something like that. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was something like that. Just a lot of fried chicken, I remember. The conversation, though, that, like, Eva mm-hmm. and Kevin have at this restaurant, like, she starts having normal conversation, and he just pulls the plug on everything by kind of being like, you're going to ask me about this, and then this, and then you're going to give me a talk about, you know, sex, and what I should do, and what I should not do. And then you're going to talk about drugs, and how yeah. you experimented, you know, to try to get on the level with me. <laughs> and then blah, 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 blah. And then when you're done sucking down that bottle of wine, you're going to say that you love me. And it's just like, oh, why do I talk then? Like, why Oof. do I talk to you? I was you? getting so frustrated. Oh my gosh, I would have just, you know... I mean, this is me being, me being angry, but if I were in that position as his mother at that point, I would have been like, you're right, so you must know absolutely everything. Get the fuck out of my house. And full disclosure, (laughs) you and I do not have children. No, and I should never have children, actually, from my reactions to this. But maybe if we had a parent on, they might react to this movie differently. I'm eager to have, like, I don't want to scare any people I know who are a parent, but I'm eager to see, like, a parent's reaction to this film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet it's a totally different yeah, perspective. Maybe. Whereas we're just coming from it as, you know, us individually, what we would do, not having ever known this responsibility, but then, you know, someone seeing this film, having this responsibility, and having that little piece of you. Yeah. You know, it's got to be super different. Two friends of mine recently had their first child, and I do not want them to watch this movie. No, because I'm sure they would just give up the kid for adoption <laughs> and then just go like, I can't do it. I can't handle this. This movie is one of it. the best forms of birth control I've ever seen. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I don't want anyone touching me for another week. Yeah. I don't know yeah, what my friend's going to do. You know, like... Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, 
first like three months of the relationship you know you guys are really settling in together like oh baby let's watch this like you know oh let's maybe we can get a cat one day oh god let's yeah, talk yeah. about kevin let's not ever talk about kevin um yeah no definitely a great form of birth control in this movie and just for relationships in general too just like are you gonna throw me under the bus yeah are you not gonna listen to oh me my god like, yeah oh, oh it was that's Yes. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to cross that bridge. You know, like, <laughs> no. Like this is, you watch this movie, and you're like, uh, what if my kid becomes a killer? Yeah. If this film has a positive thing, perhaps it's that. That's the thing, though, is that like, do you think that even though people are aware of this stuff, like you know, like the school shootings and you know these kids killing other kids, like the you know the, the Slenderman girls. Yeah. You know all this stuff. Do you think that you would be able to see that in your child? That's, That's and I don't have a kid, so I don't know, you know, because you see people. Like you can parent other kids' parents very yes. well, or you can say what's wrong with their parenting, but, but when it comes you to your yeah. kid, oh no, my kid's great. Like The Slenderman thing is tough because yeah. I probably wouldn't have caught that because I'm like, oh, they're being creative, you know? Um. <laughs> with creepy pastas? <laughs> creepy pastas are not creative. Fair. I'm sorry. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> But something, oh, there was a lot of red flags in the case of Kevin, you know? Oh, yeah, with And she Kevin. seems to have a big inkling on it. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, another, it's all being done to her. Another terrible, terrible thing is the, the guinea pig that the sister uh, adopts. <sighs> and, you know, it goes missing, and it ends up being in, like, the trash compactor, right? Like Yeah. Like, like the sink. What do you, oh I forget what they're called. Because uh, I don't have one because I live in a yeah, apartment Yeah, what, what is that thing called? The you thing know. in the sink that breaks down trash, guys. Right, you don't want to put your hand in it. <laughs> yes. But everyone loses rings in it in scary movies. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that thing. That thing. The, the thing, drain yeah. The trash blades. drain thing. <laughs> and, you know, Kevin, I guess, puts the guinea pig in there. Yeah. Oof. It, it had to have been dead already, though. You think so? Oh, yeah, because that thing would have crawled out. Oh, well. How, it had to have been dead. He put it in there and waited for her to use it. And I know you oh know God. this, and even mm-hmm. I know this, and we talked about it on Dahmer. Telltale sign of something wrong is killing animals, right? Yes, yes. Killing or mutilation yeah. of animals. And that a mutilation meaning like cutting ears or tails or... Oof, poor thing. I know. That didn't even... Well, technically, it happened to this guinea pig, but... Yeah. That didn't happen to this guinea pig, but yeah. Oof. I know. And then uh, that kind of leads to like a chain reaction where uh, she takes the Drano out and she says she put it back. I believe her, by the she way. She did. Didn't she? <laughs> I don't didn't know. we see that? Because I, there was like that again. child lock yeah. thing that I was like, oh, that's such a cool thing to have. And I was like, why would I need that? Uh, but I thought it was like the coolest invention ever. Because <laughs> I've never seen that before in my life. Because you clearly don't have a child. Thank God. Knock on wood. But yeah, there's the child lock of the Drano and somehow... We don't see it happen, but somehow the daughter ends up with it in her eye. Yeah, that's okay. What? How does that happen? And how do they blame her? And wouldn't she be able to recount? Like, the did story? she? That was the thing too. Is that? That's what I was a little confused. Like writing. Well, she never was. says what happened. Like, what actually? Unless, happened. like Kevin, just like don't say this is happening. Pro- that's most likely what he did. But he just poured it in her eye, or she ingested it, or well, if she ingested it, then I guess it would have been like internal yeah, no, damage. But. I'm not um, sure, and I'm not, again, a medical person, mm-hmm. so I don't quite know. And I don't want to look it up. No, no. But she ends up losing an eye, and... Oh, she has to get it cleaned out. Yeah, and that's when, like, there's a lot of things happening, like divorce is brought up. It just looks like things are not going well. I think this is finally 
when Eva is having her breaking point and she's going like, listen, there's something wrong with Kevin. It's always been like this. It's either him or me. I'm leaving pretty much is what she's saying. I think they both. Oh, yeah, because she's really putting up the stink. Well, not really. Like, that's kind of putting it into layman's terms. But she's really fed up yeah. and done because now he's moved on to hurting yeah, her and like, so little girl. Yeah, so like the Kevin invites the daughter out. Uh, by the way, this whole time, uh, I can't believe I forgot this, that wow. it's John C. Riley Franklin who Franklin. buys Kevin that uh, bow and arrow. And when he's the little, whole little, time little. he's getting better and better and better at it in terms mm-hmm. of outside. You always see these targets, and he's like bullseye, bullseye every time. And one time he invites, I think her name's Celia? Or, uh, Cece. They Cece, call her Cece, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, he invites the daughter whoops. out for, uh, hey, do you want to, you know, come shoot some arrows with me? Yes. And she tilts with and just goes, no! You know? Screams, <laughs> Screams it. it. And because I, she I'm knows. With her. I'm with her. You know? Oh, 100%. Like, that would be my knee-jerk reaction. Like, do not yeah. be alone with her ever again. And, you know, and uh, Franklin and Eva disagree on, like, what exactly happened with the eye. They mm-hmm. stop trusting each other. But I thought it was interesting when they're talking about divorce and Kevin overhears. He kind of, like, for all the, say, empathy or lack of empathy he has, he kind of looks like he cares a little bit about their divorce, you know? It's because it's about him. Mm. Last half the school year for Ken. Make arrangements over the summer. At least custody is a no-brainer. Is it? You've decided. Eva, there's nothing left to decide. It already happened. Need a drink of water. Hey, Kev. Listen, buddy, it's easy to misunderstand something when you hear it out of context. Why would I not know the context? I am the context. It's not about them. He's not caring about splitting up the family. What he's saying is like, oh, it's because of me. And true, and that they're on to me now, kind of thing. Yeah, and I, that would kind of rock his world too, because he dominates this house, and he's like, you, as you were saying, like he he owns the dynamic of this family. Mm-hmm. A divorce would change things. Oh, uh, I was just jotting down some notes while I was watching it, because again, you have to watch this film; you can't really look away from it. So yeah. I was kind of trying to do the whole That's like what watching it, was it a and tough re- thing to take notes on. Oh, for sure. But I wrote seven years old and running the house. Hell no! Like yeah. I wrote that really big because <laughs> it because that's exactly what was happening the oh, whole time yeah. and so i think with the divorce he was kind of seeing like oh shit jig is up and i don't know if there's many other snippets we get before the actual incident well there's the one where he orders that box of like as we mentioned the locks heavy shit yeah and i'm surprised that she didn't open it well he did and they're like oh what's that for i would not have allowed him to well, get any. Oh, oh, without oh. my permission. That's but do you thing. remember the line that said that I was like, uh-huh. uh He opens. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not letting Kevin on the internet, first of all. But even if he is on the internet, he's not allowed to order things himself. Where does he get the money from? Yeah, what credit card? Probably dad. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> I love that you just said that. Probably dad. Probably But, but he takes the bicycle things, and she's like, you don't, they're bicycle locks. And she's like, you don't even ride, uh, 
your bike. Why do you need those? And he's like, oh, I think I can sell them for more money at school. And the dad goes, oh, you're going to be the next Donald Trump. And I thought that was, side note, this is before Trump was Did elected. he say Donald Trump? Yeah. He said, oh, that's gonna, funny. Yeah, he's thinking the next Donald Trump. Like, hilarious. Like, oh, hello, <laughs> Yeah, basically the dad just, though, in a sense, pats him on the back for being an entrepreneur. But it's really, yeah, for his fucking sinister-ass plan. I know. Good job, <sighs> dad. And we don't see him shoot kids, which I'm happy about. You know, I, I don't know if I was... Yeah, thank God. Look, I don't there, think we needed to. There are gruesome images, and it's pretty, pretty bad. Okay, one question I had, I guess it was for the visuals. Right. Why is it nighttime when they're all at the school? So, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. All the parents are at the school because there's been a lockdown there. Right. And super scared. And I get the parents waiting for kids at the school, but you see the firefighters break the Mm -hmm. lock on the front door. Was this an... Oh! It could have been an after-school thing, but also what this could have been is like, come out with your hands up. No. Yeah, true. Come out. Who else is in there? Who else is alive? I'm not saying. It could have been like a hostage situation. But now I'm remembering one throwaway line. I believe what? it was a pep rally. So maybe Oh, because a, of the, cheer, yeah. the cheerleaders? Were yeah, cheerleaders? so I think there was an after-school pep rally that he was at. Okay. Oh. Question answered, guys. It looked like the theater room. Isn't it normally done in... Maybe. I don't know. Back in Texas, <laughs> pep rallies were in the gym. Yeah, yeah. Not a theater. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The theater? Come we'll on. say there's some after-school event that he's, you know, locked it down. Yeah. There's that eerie, eerie image of him with the bow and arrow on stage giving a bow. Oh, I wanted to throw up yeah. when I oh, saw that. Scary. That was super spooky. I hated it. Because that was the thing, too, is, you know, with these shootings, there's the who, but, like, the why. What were you going to get out of yes. it? You know, Brenda, who I mentioned, the school shooter from 79, the hmm. little 16-year-old girl, said that she didn't like Mondays. Oh, and yeah. And that's why she didn't do it. Or that's why she did it. Like, what was Kevin's reasoning? Because there isn't a lot of um, scenes of him at school, so I don't really know how other kids reacted to him or... I have notes. Or no, if... I mean, I can't, you can't imagine he was too popular. You know, you can't imagine that. But I, I mean, but I... he seems like such a... I'm a badass. He's got to have like two or three badass friends as well. well. There's that really sweet moment, if you remember. Uh-huh. Um, now, the whole time, Eva, when she's running around town, when she sees anyone who she knows as a parent from that school, she literally runs away. There's that scene in the supermarket. There's, or, yeah, there's she... a bunch of them. But there's like, I have to call it a sweet moment when that one like kid in the wheelchair oh, like rolls up to her. Yeah. And I imagine that was a guy that maybe was his friend or knew him. And... You know, he he clearly was hurt in the attack because they flash to it and you see him like on the gurney with yeah. the arrow. And he, what does he say to her? Like, hey, I just want to know how you were doing, you know? Yeah. Okay. He reaches out to her. Yeah, which, which I, think I think is, is like a... everyone in this movie hates her. Mm-hmm. Hates her. And I think that's such a sweet, nice moment. That they, it shows that like there are some compassionate people and from a kid too, you know? Especially one that was a victim. Yeah. That kid has had to go through so much and to be so strong, to be able to face her. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not her f- fault, you know, but to, to face her and go like, how are you? Yeah. You know, to reach out like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that touched me that moment, you know. Yeah, it really, really did for me like, too. I thought that guy might have been a friend of his. He clearly knew her. Well, but mom. he was still, but he got hit. And he well, was a great shot, and so it was well, on purpose. Okay. Well, he does he like anybody? Can he like anybody? It might have been, yeah, it might have been like a one-way friendship, you know? 
Where, yeah, maybe. Like, maybe they were even partners on a project or something. We're just assuming here. Yeah. It was clearly they knew each other, but who knows? I think the best answers to your questions come with the prison visits, and they're not mm. much, but we learn a couple little details there. One is that, like, I think two years has passed, and he kind of, he says something along the lines of, like, the reason he did it, like, he doesn't necessarily feel that way anymore, which I thought was interesting. We also mm-hmm. learned that, like, he he has kind of a lighter sentence because... Uh, did you catch this line? No. There's a line in there, very brief, and it, it's... It, they mention that he has kind of a lighter sentence than he normally would have gotten because his lawyers blamed Prozac. Um, what? I miss this entirely. Yeah, yeah. You don't look happy. Have I ever... I'm almost 18, aren't I? What is it? Going to big school making you nervous? Nervous? Do you know anything about those places? so well. Try to the minor. Out of your head on Prozac. You'll be out of there in a couple of years. You know what day it is today? Why they let me come and see you on a Monday? Sure. It's my anniversary. Two years. Plenty of time to think about it. I want you to tell me why. I used to think I knew. Now I'm not so sure. And I looked it up to see if it was there, and, and it was. Really? And Wait, when was the, he on Prozac? We don't see it at all in the film. But it's possible that maybe a counselor put him on it. I think they just threw that in just to add more questions for us. And, and I, don't well, think Pro, I don't think Prozac does that, but it, I it's think... An anti-de- well, it's an antidepressant, Yeah, though. I think more of what the movie was trying to tell us is that even when these things happen, you know, there are always lawyers who are... Right. On these oh man, that and... really that really messes me up. Then though, because I would have to ask, like, when was he put on Prozac one? And then number two, if this was pre-school shooting, that means that he would have gone to a counselor. Yeah, I mean, and and that's I think that's what it's there for us oh, for be asking questions. That's now, shitty. You know? <laughs> that's so shitty. Like, oh, it was too late anyway. Like, <laughs> I looked up the line really quickly. She mm-hmm. says. They're talking about his sentence, and she okay. says, they tried you as a minor, said you were out of your head on Prozac. Like, that was the lawyer oh, strategy. Oh, wow, okay. So I, and the way he looks is like, and the way she looks, through like, that obviously wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been doing this the entire time. Right, you know? you've just been manipulating everything. But that brings up exactly what you said, though. He definitely saw somebody. 
And, you know, towards, like, the, the last visit that we're shown, he definitely looks shaken up. Uh-huh. Like, Maybe he looks like, something. fuck, you, you, I made a mistake. When you commit a crime like this, I'm assuming you have to see people even in prison or no? Like, are they just... Uh, well, I mean, it would depend, I guess, on where you're placed and, you know, the special circumstances. Like, maybe yeah. the judge said, and with your sentence, you're supposed to do this many hours of counseling or therapy. I would, adju- I would advise I that as a done judge. That. Even if he's not going to get released anytime soon. Like. Yeah, and you have to take these medications and... Yeah, oof. Yeah, coupled with psychi- like any kind of psychiatry, I think that would have helped. Like, yeah, again, and we're him. just doing our best to diagnose. You I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but this is the kind of thing that this movie does. I bet you, if you and I watched it again, we'd probably catch another line that would a throwaway line that was like, a, or, or something in the background. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Glimpse yeah. potentially what's you know going on. But the one thing we do have to mention that the whole time it teases divorce. The whole time you're seeing her going through this struggle alone in terms of the after effect. And like I said, the first time I saw it, I just assumed um, that Franklin just took off with the daughter because yeah. he couldn't handle it. He doesn't seem like someone who would be able to handle this, you know? No, I think he would be much too soft. He's yeah. way too soft for it. Absolutely. But we get that jarring, jarring image of when she comes back. And again, this is my... this is. Like I said, my first real time seeing it, like in terms of paying attention, and I didn't remember this scene. Yeah. And he, you know, he, she walks to the backyard, and you're like, oh, fuck, no. Because, well, that's the thing, though, set it up. Like, you know, this is after the, the incident happened. She's trying to get a hold of Franklin, like, oh my yeah. gosh, Kevin's done something, or there's something going on at the school. I don't know. She goes in the house, it's dark. No one's, you know, she's calling out for him. Nobody's there. And yeah, she walks into the backyard to find what? Brian. Uh, no, it, it's Franklin and the daughter both killed, presumably before the massacre. Yeah, I would say. So I guess it had to have been after school if the daughter was home, unless she's still not going to school because of the eye. Because we're shown her as having a patch, so it's probably still healing up. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but it's I don't know how that eye such stuff a terrible image. Does. And, I don't want to know. And as we suspected throughout the movie, it completely invalidated what the father thought was a real bond between his son, you know? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sure what um, people who are naive um, would have imagined, like, oh, Kevin yeah. just likes his dad. Like, yeah, if this was, like, a horror film or something, like, just about, like, a, a psycho killer, and again, I'm using that, like... Right, right, right. Yeah, it would be, like, Tilda Swinton would be the one he would be going after, you know? Right. Like, oh. Like, running, I'm gonna get you, yeah. mommy. You tormented me as a kid, mom. Yeah. You know? Now <laughs> I'm gonna get you back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, whatever those movies obviously have their merit and they, I guess they're right. fun. But, but this is a more a de- serious project. Right, right. But that is still um, an extremely devastating scene. It's because, oh you know, these two seemingly innocent very innocent, very innocent people. Now Even, again, I had the problems with the dad, but he's still not. He's but he's still. Die. But he's. But he's so naive. Honestly, it was one of the most impactful images I've seen on film. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we talk about a lot of lighter, fun films on this podcast, but right. this, this definitely was not one of them in that respect. Ugh, but what an image. Tough. And then it puts her whole struggle in perspective. It's a different kind of movie if Eva is doing it on her own because Franklin just left her, you know? Right. You find out she lost a daughter and her husband. And they were getting, they were rekindling their relationship, it mm-hmm. seemed like, right? 
It did seem so, or, or at least they were trying to work through it. They were trying, yes. It. That's a better way but to where, put it. But where was she at the time? Do you remember? It seemed like she was in an office, which is weird. Maybe it was like a publisher or something. Oh, that's right. That's right. It seemed like a fancier office. Right, because she had gotten the call that there had been something that yeah. happened at the... Right. Who was that woman that kept calling her? And said, hey, can we work this out without the families? That's was something I didn't get. Yeah. Um, I'm remembering that now. And I don't think that was ever explained. No, I think that was no. just like a random, I'm, can we just work this out with the families? Or with or without. Maybe it was like without a, the f- a lawyer settlement or something. I know. I think that's why she went from the bigger house to the smaller house. Because she probably, yeah, a murder happened there and you'd want to leave too. Right. But also, well, you know, there's always someone suing somebody, you know. So there's always like... And rightfully so. The victims deserve some kind of compensation. Right. And I think she probably was like ruined because they were both making money. She probably had to give all the money for her, you know, book rights. Right. Or to sell the profits of the house, you know. This had to go all... work at a travel agency. Yeah, had to go work so at a travel sad. agency. Uh, but you were going to mention something about the house. Yeah. Well, about the new, um, the new, like the little house. Although... You know, she had, I can definitely understand her wanting to get away from it because there are so many bad memories. But throughout the movie, we see her kind of like trying to spruce this place up. And we notice at the end of the film that she's making an identical Kevin room. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, Where everything is like, you know, the same color, uh, same bedding. And it's like, is she waiting for him to come home? Or is this kind of like a like a testament of he'll always be with me? Yeah. This is always going to be I a don't part know. of I me, don't know. no matter what. It was tough. It's that like blue color, right? Like, yeah, it's that like dark blue. The colors in this are like very impressive in terms of, you know, they, they clearly tie in with other things from mm-hmm. the red of like the blood and the tomatoes and stuff. Or like that scene with the jam, you know, that he's like purposely making a mess. Oh, <laughs> that pissed me off. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that that's. Yeah, that's a good Beyond, point. Yeah, but then he chose blue for his room, or he has blue. Which is interesting, right? But huh, I don't know. There's, there's so many questions in this film, and not because, oh, it was done poorly, and they left so many questions open. These are purposeful questions. Right. There's, it's like supposed to be like a puzzle. We're supposed to be, I think, discussing this film right now here in the way that we're doing. Makes for good content. Um, <laughs> a couple of other things. Let's see. Oh, it's like a weird, like, sexual thing with him that I, I don't understand. Well, he catches his dad and mom, like, in a blowjob sex thing, you know? Yeah. Which is like, Ugh. Which is like, yucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun. Well, I just don't see, I just don't want to see John C. Riley like that, but anyway. Yeah. Uh. I just don't. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. No, no, because the other ones I was going to mention, when she's giving, um like, a sex talk to him, and he's like, you mean fucking? Oh, you know? yeah, when he's, like, five? Yeah, and I'm like, what? Like, where did you hear that? Yeah. yeah, ooh, and I'm just like, ooh. And, look, they're using it to be jarring, and I get it. And then the other one is, is like, him, like, masturbating, and she catches him, and, and he just, like, stares at her. Yeah, it's so gross. It's almost like, yeah, sex is also used to abuse her. Yes. Like when he says, you mean fucking? It's more so of like, it's not, I don't think it necessarily was for the film just to be jarring, but more so of him just to not be a kid and not have yeah, any feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, That's a good way to put it. And, you know, sex, I would see like as a kid being like something kind of like, oh, well, this is taboo or, well, this is nuts. But to him, it's just like, meh. Yeah. You know, just like, nah, And as we talk about, oof, oof, I'm so image, sorry. I'm so image. sorry. No, I'm but that's, like, well, I mean, that's what the happened. The way he's, ew. Yeah, he's just staring. It's, a, it's an abuse. It's a violence against her. Yeah. 
Like he, yeah, it's so gross. And I, I think on like a different level too, on a higher level, like I mean, like every child though, mm-hmm. Kevin was conceived through sex, and I think it implies <laughs> that uh, there's that one like sex scene where they're talking about like you know not using protection. It's very like brief, and that's at the beginning. And I think that was like Kevin's conception. What was that? Like, side note, yeah, it's really at the beginning. You like see her body, and they're like whispering to each other. It's kind of like that typical conversation. It's like, oh, don't worry, we don't need to use a condom. They don't uh, use those. They don't use those words. But, you know. Yes. Okay, but I understand what you're saying. So that scene to me kind of symbolized, not necessarily that she did something wrong, but maybe her thinking about like kind of like a guilt of. I feel like the movie is, and I know the book is like her recounting a lot of this. So I think that might be a vestige of the book in terms of like. He was, you know, conceived in a moment like this. I don't know if I would have kept it, blah, 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 that yeah. kind of thing, you know. And, well, and now I, I definitely wouldn't have kept it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sex is definitely used as a symbol in this for mm-hmm. not necessarily being sexy. I kind of think kind of the opposite, you know. Right, like almost... Um, <laughs> like you were saying, kind of like an abuse. like Yeah, kind of, kind of like an abuse or a manipulation. Yeah, manipulation, that's a better word that's, for it. That's yeah. exactly what it is, definitely with... You know, his, the conception, the manipulation of the toddler using the F word. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. You know, manipulating that. Uh, that should be um, not necessarily a, like a beautiful moment in parenting, but a very like, here is the way of the Especially world. the way she's explaining it is so like. Like, well, as a toddler. Peaceful and would. nice. Yeah. And she was like, you mean when a boy puts his penis in her. <laughs> Something like poo-poo place or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was something like, like that. Like, he's still a kid. Like, and that, still... those lines are so, so like, it's just like, you mean fucking, you know? Like, geez. Yeah, and then when he's, like, masturbating and staring at her, definitely a manipulation. Oof, oof. It's disgusting. Any other moments in the film or, or things you want to discuss? I think we covered definitely a lot of ground, but it's one of these films, guys, if you're listening. If you didn't see it, definitely watch it because yeah. I guarantee you might even have different takes than we're having. Oh, for sure. And you got to pay attention. Pour yourself a glass of wine and get ready to yell at the TV. Yeah. That's what I would have to say about Not in this. a lifetime kind of way. This is like no. This is like a lifetime film on like steroids. You yeah, know? this is if like, a, like <laughs> Lifetime did PCP one. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, it's having flashbacks of something horrible. You know, this is funny because I did a lifetime film this month actually. And now that I think about it, this could be diluted into a lifetime film it would not be nearly as good but they try to do this on much shorter budgets mm-hmm. you know like your son is a killer you know yeah they definitely had a school shooting thing and i'm sure they got it all wrong oh yeah please and, lifetime yeah and lifetime that movies. is for like you doing other things in the house and watching yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. This no, is the background that. noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This is like sit down and your eyes are going to bleed. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. That's exactly what not, this not really a pun, but you're not alluding to that actually happening in this film. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. With the eyes and the bleeding. Okay. My bad. <laughs> um. Yes. I. I think. I think we covered. Yeah. Woo, again. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, this movie makes me exhausted. I'm glad we actually talked about the film. And maybe that's why the title of it is that way. Because, like, people, we just, you know, you need to watch this and talk about it with their friend. Mm -hmm. All right, so every week we rate the film on a scale of one to five. What should we rate it on today? I would say we should use... My first thought was bullseyes. That's not a bad suggestion because I read something... I think it was on IMDb, but the director consciously put each color of the bullseye in every scene, sometimes all of them, 
the blue of the room, mm. the red, and there was like some yellow, yellow. scenes, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she tried to put all three in every scene, but if not, it was like one dominant color. Interesting. So uh, now I need to like rewatch it and see that. Yeah. No, I don't want to be scarred. So uh, I yeah, don't... <laughs> I don't think I can rewatch it again this year. <laughs> no, uh, next time I watch it, hopefully, maybe I'll listen. You know what? That's what we'll do. We'll listen to this episode, rewatch it, and, you know, see what we missed. Right, right, right. But that's good. I don't mind that. Let's do how many. Uh, do that. Bullseyes or targets, whatever you want to call them, would you do? Would you rate? Or we could do guinea pigs. No, no, <laughs> no. We will not do guinea pigs. Sorry. That just makes me sad. See, that's just me trying to liven it up. It's so you can't hard. liven this up. <laughs> no. All right, so one out of five. One out of five. I would definitely give this a solid four. A solid four. I just can't give this film a five because I thought that that toddler was way too good at playing. Like this monstrous little human being, and it was very jarring. Oh my god! And I just can't. I can't. <laughs> Four and a half. It was really well done. Solid. I like everything Solid, yeah. with it. it. I like it so much that I can't give it a five because it was too good. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I'm giving it a four. So as well, or at least you know maybe half thing under you. And honestly, I might have given this film a five, but I, I promise to rate on like high school films. Mm. And th- this is not so much in the genre we do, though it is a high school film definitely, and something very serious and something that affects American high schools. Yeah, you know, totally. And ugh, almost to me. It's a near-perfect film. I could see a lot of people maybe not liking it if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for a film like Orphan, you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to remember that now forever. But, I mean, this is a – it is sort of a sleepy indie film, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people are going to recommend this to now. Again, not my recent father friends. (laughs) Right. Well, if you don't don't want to think too much, definitely don't. Don't watch this. Yeah, no, it's this a, is think- a thinker movie. Or pay attention. Or know? pay if attention. If you don't want to pay attention, you if you want to be on your phone. Yeah. Nope. Like all of my roommates, that's how we all watch movies. <laughs> is that everyone's on their phones and and talking during films? You can't do that with this one. No, you can't. I mean, you could. You're just not going to get the connection. And again, the first time I saw it, that's kind of what I was doing. Right. Completely different reaction to watching it now. So I'm happy I focused and paid attention. Oh yeah. And it's. It's an awesome film. Again, I recommend it. And, you know, I always like to touch on this. And this is not a director that I really knew her name. Mm-hmm. But always give a shout-out to a awesome, like, woman filmmaker. Because there are not enough women directors. And she just, she kicked ass. And I, now I want to see all her other films. Oh, for sure. Okay, and I ask this question every week. <laughs> it might be a little different this time. But what sleeping bag are you bringing to the slumber party? <laughs> <laughs> um, a big old bulletproof vest <laughs> great answer you can yes. leave it at that because great answer thank you i'm assuming it'd be arrow proof too because if it's bulletproof it probably is arrow proof i mean wouldn't it be the same i assume would i don't know i same? don't know enough about kevlar to tell you oh there you go there's a big uh. word yeah <laughs> not our secret word what was our secret word again oh uh pollyanna nish Screaming, everybody. Pollyannanish. Pollyannanish. Yeah. Alex, thank you so much for suggesting this movie. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy I saw it, but also like terrified. You know? I know. I'm, I'm happy that I saw it, and I'm also really sad for myself. That I did. <laughs> um, anything you want to plug? Anything you're doing? Or um, well, right you? now I'm I'm 
definitely balls deep in Ted Bundy's, so I'm very excited to see that at any point. If you follow me on social media, give me um, a shout. Like, good job for reading this book, because <laughs> it's a very, very hefty book, Stranger Beside Me. And I know you're going to Crime Con, because um, yes. you're, you're wearing the hat. When is that? Uh, ooh, that's in June, and it's going to be in Nolens this oh, year. Love New Orleans. I am so excited. You'll have to let us know how it is um, oh, I will. Next, next time you're on, and tell us who are the cool people you met, basically. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't be able to stop talking about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, Alex, thanks so much. Thanks. So big thank you to Alex for helping us sort that out and talk about Kevin. Can't wait to have her on again. What are your thoughts on the film, by the way? I'm sure it was thought-provoking for you. I mean, I don't know how you watch this film, seriously watch this film, and not have a reaction. So let me know what you think. Drop me a line. Or, you know, let's just chat about whatever. You can do that by following High School Slumber Party and sending me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or, you know, tweeting at me or whatever the corresponding thing on whatever social media site it is. Or by emailing me. That's a good way to talk. You could find me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. All one word. I'd love to hear from you. And by the way, I'm always posting cool stuff on social media if I might say so myself. Definitely check it out. Let's have a good old-fashioned slumber party gossip session. I think that would be fun. But before we can do that, you have to write down your homework assignment for next week. And your homework is to watch a film called The Perfect Score. If it takes 15 people eight hours to make 100 items, how many hours will it take six people working at the same rate to make half as many items? Dude, it's like impossible. Three little letters. You down on 1140? This is as bad as me, man. What'd you tell your parents? I lied. You've never been so proud, son. Here you go. 143, that's my score. It can define your status. Did you see my dad's truck in the driveway? It says Matthews and Son Septic on it. If I don't get into Maryland, my life is shit. It can change your life. You need a 900 on the SAT. And completely. What if I mess it up again? You won't. We're very proud of you, honey. Stress you out. Time! <coughs> I was gonna go to class. Before I got <laughs> Six different students. Now, maybe we thought this was bigger than us one-on-one, but there's no way it's going to beat all of us together. With six different dreams. Maybe we should all say exactly why we're here. The SAT is racist. What? Who created the test? Rich white guys. Who scored the highest on the test? Asian chicks. <laughs> Middle-class Asian girls who watch less than our television a day. And one last shot at the perfect score. I have an idea. You want to steal the answers to the test. Can struggle with the SAT that doesn't justify thievery. I've never really done anything. I mean, I've never broken curfew. I've never cut class, and I've never made out on a rooftop. <clears throat> well, there goes my buzz. These people, they're messing with the rest of our lives. Could you fetch me that mail, mail boy? Okay. If you could be anything you wanted to be, what would you be? <laughs> What did you say, Maddie? Porn star.
just happy. No matter what happens, when you get out of that room, it's still gonna be you, man. Well, Tessa's gonna change that. You've assembled a crack team, Chief. So this film's actually the first time that Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans ever share the screen. Of course, we all know they'll go on to star in The Nanny Diaries. No. Well, yeah, they will, but come on. I'm talking about, hello, Captain America and Black Widow, those big Marvel films everyone sees. This is the first time they're together, but not as their characters, obviously. Watch the film. You'll get it. It's not about that. It's about an SAT heist. But we have another returning guest next week. You'll remember her from our Saved episode, Erica Smith. Can't wait for our chat with her. So as always, there are three things you can do to help us out here in High School Slumber Party. You writing these down? By the way, guess what? All of them are free. First, give us a nice five-star review on iTunes or whatever service you're using to listen to us today. Write us a review. It helps so much. Trust me, it helps the algorithm out. And if you haven't left us the maximum rating possible, well, what are you doing? Help get the word out. Help me create more High School Slumber Party. Second, tell a friend. Don't keep the show to yourself. Tell a buddy and spread the word. Invite them over to the slumber party. Plenty of room in my house to plop a sleeping bag on the floor and have a good time. And third... Get John Cusack not to block us. <clears throat> to recap, John Cusack blocked our Twitter page after I asked him why he didn't like the film Better Off Dead, a film he was in and the first film we talked about on this podcast. The embargo continues. If anyone knows him or knows Joan Cusack, please tell them or him that we come in peace. We just want to be friends with John Cusack. Oh, also, another thing you can do. You can support my other show, P.S. I Love Hoffman, the Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast. My co-host and I, by the way, my co-host is the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, we're re-watching the Ides of March next month, and this month we re-watched, and by the way, we do commentary on these re-watches, but we re-watched Punch Drunk Lub for Valentine's Day. Did I say Punch Drunk Lub? Wow. I'm stuttering. Apologies. It's late. You know, we just had a nice slumber party. I'm tired. The film is Punch Drunk Love. And that's P.S. I Love Hoffman. So our guest this week suggested an outro song for us. The song she picked was I Don't Like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats, which was inspired by a real school shooter, one that Alex talked about, Brenda Ann Spencer whose motive was, as she told police, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. Ah, sadly and morbidly, very apropos for today's film. Later, dudes. See you next Friday. Chip insider
gonna go to school today She's gonna make them stay at home Daddy doesn't understand it He always said she was good as gold And he can see no reasons Cause there are no reasons What reason do you need to be shown? It's over. Go home. Go.